This is Mark Martin, Pro Angler. You're listening to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to this week's episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. I've got Ed Doherty on the line. Ed is a newer pro staff member of the Unchained Outdoors TV show. We did have one of his partners on, Justin McFadden, a few episodes ago. And so now we're going to get to catch up with Ed, who's one of the newer guys. Ed, how are you doing today? Good, yourself? Real good, thanks. I really appreciate you getting up to be on the show this morning. You're one of the newer guys on the show, and you're learning how to do the filming of the hunts. And is this something you've been interested in for a, quite a while? Uh, it's piqued my interest. I just it, now that I've been able to do it, I've gotten better and more excited about doing it and stuff like that. Well, you're in Pennsylvania. Did you grow up in a family that was into hunting and fishing? Yes, we were very, very hardcore Pennsylvania deer hunters, and then I'm a very avid fisherman, too, on the other side of the spectrum. Tell the listeners, who, what besides whitetail, what do you like to hunt in Pennsylvania? Bear, turkey. I mean, we have some good waterfowl hunting. I mean, it's mostly residential birds, but, I mean, it is. it does get good at times, and then, you know, we have a decent dove population to hunt those, and we have a good hunting scene here in Pennsylvania. So you've got quite a bit of different game animals, and you and I were talking a little bit about this before we started hitting the record button. You guys in Pennsylvania have had some just crazy-sized bears coming out of that state, and you were given a little background on how the different methods for hunting these bears. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about some of the options and the ways the folks hunt bears in Pennsylvania? With bear hunting in Pennsylvania, you have like a couple different options. You can You can either have dumb luck just go out and sit in the woods and see one you can know where one's been staying and coming through and i mean there's guys that put on big groups of guys that go through the mountains and through just areas and some guys will stand on one side of the mountain and other guys will push through it i mean it's hands and knees kind of pushing but there's always seems to be groups of guys that get several bear at a time i mean i can't imagine doing a bear drive like that what a not only an interesting way, possibly a dangerous way to do it, three, four, five hundred pound animal that doesn't want to be pushed. Yeah. Me being out of state, is a bear tag something fairly easy to get in Pennsylvania for an out of state hunter, or is it something that takes a few years putting into a drawing? No, it's over the counter. Go to Walmart or whatever and buy one over the counter. Okay, so you guys have a lot of bear. Yeah. So then there must be a lucrative business for guys taking hunters out. Are you allowed to bait them in Pennsylvania? No. No. Okay, so it really is dumb luck. Yep. So there's no method of, of bringing them into a certain area like you would see in Canada or many other places. You just you really have to just know their, their migration and what they're moving around. Yep. Interesting. So, and let's change over. You said there's quite a bit of waterfowl. What's the main waterfowl species that, that you all like to hunt? I like hunting wood ducks and geese. As in the Canadian geese? Yeah, as Canadian geese. Okay, and you said those tend to be a resident population? 
because we're 300 miles east and west of any migration pattern. I mean, we do get some migratories through, but not like what, you know, 300 miles east and west get. I'm on a migratory path. So we've got a resident population. We've got the fly-through population. Yeah. You know, it, the Canadian geese are crazy here in the state of Michigan. There's so many of them. One thing we don't have, which you guys do, and I wish they'd pass it here having lived in Texas, is we don't have dove hunting. But I, you guys have yeah. a, a good dove season. Yeah, we have an early season, which runs with, we have an early goose season. So that runs from the 1st of September till the end of September. And that you get a month of goose and a, I think a little over a month of dove. But dove hunting in, in Pennsylvania, you can't hunt till after noon. Oh, really? Yeah. So they, they want to make sure those dove aren't coming and going to their roosts. Yeah, you can only hunt them from like noon till like a half hour after sunset. And the same with, with geese, you can hunt them all day. Okay, so yeah, they've got a unique laws for that. Yeah. And then last, tell me a little bit about turkey hunting in Pennsylvania. Turkey hunting's kind of, you got to find them. Turkeys in Pennsylvania are either really hard to hunt or they're really easy to hunt. I've had my share of experiences this year with that. What happened? Well, we started hunting a different part of the farm that we've been hunting and we know there's there's been turkeys in there, and we've seen jakes and stuff all in the first part of the season and stuff like that. I was working till late, so I'd get out there because the second half of turkey season, you could hunt the afternoon in PA. So we were trying to hunt while well, I actually had a, a gobbler jump on me, and I missed him. And then we went for another time out in a different section of the farm in the morning. Same gobbler come out, and I missed him. So I didn't really have a good turkey season. Now go back for a second and explain what you mean by you had a gobbler jump on you. Well, I was sitting next to a log, and there was a big piece of timber behind me as far as woods and stuff, and I was sitting on the edge of a field, and I was calling... And I had a couple jakes to my right just gobbling their heads off. I had a hen decoy in front of me. And where I was sitting, I could hear something crunching in the leaves. And I thought it was a squirrel. I'd had a squirrel run past me earlier when I'd sat down. I just thought it was a squirrel and didn't think nothing of it. And this gobbler jumped on a log right behind me and touched me. <laughs> and I got up and missed him. Yeah. Now, Justin told me about that, and I says, that would startle you, especially if you were starting to nap off or even thinking it was a squirrel, like you said, and all of a sudden there's a yeah. gobbler right there. Luckily, there was nobody else sitting around you. Yeah. So you've got the variety of animals that are standard to, for the most part, the eastern half of the United States, and it's plenty to keep you busy. What led you towards looking to the Unchained Outdoors TV show? How did you get affiliated with Justin and get onto the show? Well, I work with Justin, and we kind of talked about it, and I kind of was bugging him about it a little bit. We kind of went and did some hunting together and stuff like that, and then he kind of asked me if I wanted to maybe try a little, you know, go on some hunts, show him what I could do and stuff like that, and kind of work well together on things. That's about where that happened, and we've been hunting, and, you know, we go out, and since we work together and we're so close to each other, we we get together a lot of times, and we'll go set trail cams, put out food, you know, stuff like that, make uh, new ideas, you know, brainstorm stuff. And Very cool. So, you know, as you and I were talking, you're pretty agnostic to the weapon. You, you both bow hunt and gun hunt, and yep. one of the things we were talking about is, could you kind of do a little bit of rundown on the bow that you're shooting? You're shooting a Darton, and give the listeners some background on this Darton bow and your setup and what you like and what you've discovered about it so far. Well, with my Darton, I shoot the Maverick too. by Darton. Uh, I found one of the nicer bows that I've shot 
for me, I shoot a very short draw and it's kind of hard for me to ever get over 300 feet per second with a short draw bow. And I've found that this Maverick 2 with the right arrow setup, I'm actually shooting over 300 feet per second with it. And I mean, I know speed's not whatever to everybody and it's shot placement. People think different things, And but with my Maverick, it's been a really nice bow and really great opportunity to shoot it. I use a vapor trail drop away rest instead of like a cable driven rest. I think it works better on this bow. They're just a great company. Their customer service is great. I, I had a problem starting out when we first got this company and stuff. They took care of me right away. I found that they're a little easier to set up and stuff like that as far as tuning well and that customer service is the name of the game yeah and especially when i had a problem and they had to send me something and i had i called them i had to put the bow that i had back in the box and send it back to them and i had my bow in two days i can forgive these are all mechanical items you're bound to have one that's a little off break something's going to happen at some point where the real rubber meets the road is when when you need that help and you call the company and they jump right up and say get it to us and and we're going to get you all set yeah and that's that's what i that's what i really like another thing i like is i like i've i actually have a dealer that's probably one of the closest and oldest darton dealerships and you know shops in pennsylvania close by to me so i was able to you know get it set up from somebody that actually knew what they were doing and had a good relationship with the guys up there at darton and you know took care of me oh very cool so you're shooting that what what kind of draw weight are you are you pulling 60 pounds it, it's a neat bow I'm, i've got it looking at it right now they've got a number of different draw weight options for it it's got an 85 percent let off which is huge yeah that's real nice it is a smaller bow isn't it yeah, it is a small. It's not their smallest bow, but it's a very comfortable. I mean, it's not like some of their other bows. Their other bows have like a draw module cam where it's changeable. They have you can if you need 28 inch, you can change it right there. You don't have to put it in a press or anything. The Maverick 2 has modules though. So yeah, it's module specific for your draw length and stuff like that, but it's not a problem. I mean, yeah, neat bow. I just got my first vertical bow i'm i'm handicapped and i've been shooting my crossbows for years and i decided to get a traditional vertical bow and got a compound from another manufacturer only because it could be changed stuff could be moved around with it without a bow press but i had looked real close at some darton stuff real close there's a couple of the darton things the crossbows and compounds that i really like and i may well very be back to it they they've got a great product well, with their crossbows, they're they're sleeker. They they have smaller, I guess, grips, and they're not big and bulky. They still keep the speed there and stuff like that, and the the size and everything else. But like, they're not like the, your traditional crossbows. They're not bulky. They don't have the big hand grips. They don't have the big butt stocks on them like some of the manufacturers make. Some of these manufacturers make these crossbows that are so big and bulky. How can some people, some people, you know, try to use them and stuff like that? And, you know, people with disabilities that use them and stuff like that. How in the heck are they lugging those into the woods and stuff? Yeah, some of them have gotten to the point where they're just too much added on, in my opinion. And I do like that about the dart and crossbows is they're fairly slimmed down and just the needed items to make that tool work. Yeah, and the nice part about darting is they, they offer packages like if you but you can just buy their plain crossbow or if you want 
you know, this kind of scope with this kind of bolts and this kind of quiver, you can buy that package to go with it and stuff like that. There's like four or five different packages when you buy a dart and crossbow that are offered. Yeah. Now, which one are you looking at? I'm looking at the Toxic 150. Okay. Yeah, because they've got a a Toxin 100 SS, 125 SS, and then 130 and a 150. Or, I'm sorry, 135 and then a 150. Yeah. That 150, I mean, you're talking up to 380 feet per second. That's cranking right along. Yeah. That'll knock down pretty much anything in North America. Yep. Neat neat crossbow. Should be a lot of fun to hunt with that. And get some pretty good accuracy out to a, a fairly... You know, I don't like to shoot out past... 40 yards i know my my crossbows are capable of going much farther but it's me that doesn't want to shoot much farther than that so nice crossbow yeah as you get in and start to do the filming with this and film with both yourself doing self-filming and then you do some filming for the other guys as well well that's something we're gonna we, we need to we're gonna focus more on this year because i had my past season in my deer hunt you know, me being a green filmer and stuff like that. And the the buck that I took last year was actually a, uh, if I would have had somebody with me, it probably would have went better. But being self-filming and stuff like that, that buck come in, there was 30 seconds, if that, between when that buck opened, I seen him and I pulled the trigger on him. So, so were you gun hunting? No, I was archery hunting. It just... It's kind of if I would have been gun hunting, I might have been able to do a little better job. But I was trying to get a bow off a hanger and trying to turn the camera all at the same time. Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say: is archery hunting and self filming. That's a very difficult thing, and the only way to do it is just practice, practice, and practice as you're learning. It sounds like. Yeah, and I, it's it's just you know you I gotta adapt, and I spent last winter during the late season kind of taking my camera with me and using it and trying different mounts on a tree where I feel more comfortable with a bow, you know, so I'm not hitting it, but I'm still getting everything that I need to get, you know, so we have a successful show and stuff like that. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. I've, I've done some self filming when I'm doing hog hunts and they come in and they come in fast. They don't stand around for a long time. And so it makes it makes for quite a challenge. It makes podcasting a lot more fun than trying to self-film a hunt, in in my opinion, because you got too many moving pieces. Yeah, we we definitely if we buddy up this season, you know, take some time. You know, I like sitting in the stand by myself, but I think if we buddy up this year and we take a turn, you know, I'll I'll take the morning hunt and I'll film, and you take the afternoon hunt and I'll hunt. You know. Yeah, guys, I see them do that. And for anybody that want that's listening, uh, who we've referred to, Justin was on a few episodes ago. Ed is on the show Unchained Outdoors TV, and that can be found on the Gen 7 Outdoor Network, which is an online network for viewing hunting shows. There's a lot of shows out there, and you were able to go and do some different hunts, but... One thing you got some time to do and help out with was there's a group called Nevin's Hunting Friends, and you got to help take some of those kids goose hunting, if I understood right. Yeah, we, we did a youth goose hunt. We, we were able to take them out. I mean, early season goose hunting, it's pretty much either you find out where they're at or you find out where they're going, and you pretty much jump hunt in the early season. We did find some ge- geese that day, but they just weren't cooperating with us, but... 
I mean, it's just good just to get the kids out and get them into new experiences and get them into things that they've they've never experienced. Right. And for anybody listening that didn't happen to hear the episode on Nevin's Hunting Friends, that is a group started by a young man and his dad to help take any children that have mobility issues, any type of special needs issues out hunting. Ed, I, I congratulate you for working with the kids. Sometimes they get forgotten in the outdoor environment, but it, they're a great group of kids to get out there. They're the future of this hunting just as much as anybody else is. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is getting kids, 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 kids. That's how we, we continue this. If there's if there's no kids picking up the tradition, you know, who's going who's gonna to do it when we're gone? Exactly. Now, do you have any kids that like to hunt? I have a daughter. We've been doing the hunting thing since she was wee little. She's she's nine now, but we try to get out and do everything we can. Great. And what's the rules in Pennsylvania? There no age requirements for bow hunting or Well with bow hunting well with the mentored youth they offer a mentored youth coupon. That gives you that's a license. It's two ninety. That gives them the opportunity if they're zero to six they're allowed to dove hunt and stuff like that and turkey hunt uh there might be some other things i'm missing but then when they're seven to eleven they can deer hunt turkey hunt dove hunt waterfowl hunt i might be missing a few other things they get a they actually after they turn seven they get a buck tag with their mentored youth license and they also get a gobbler tag for spring turkey oh cool so it it really works them up the spectrum from just getting going to the the larger game animals yeah oh that's really a, a great process and your daughter's excited to move along that and and take the different animals yeah she's she's excited about this season i'm trying to right now i'm looking at that darting crossbow for her so we can get her out in the field and get her into maybe getting a buck this year oh fantastic that's going to be as, as you well aware that's going to be just as satisfying as any buck you take oh god it <laughs> That you know, I'm I'm more about the kids and stuff. I'd if if I had to take a kid every day of the hunting season just to go try to take an animal, I would do it. So, so as you worked with these kids, was there anything with Nevin's hunting friends that stood out to you? Anything? Are, are you looking forward to trying to help them out some more? Or uh, I'm looking forward to this year's deer hunt and stuff like that. They have a real good thing going for them. They're all one. All the volunteers that go are great to work with and stuff like that and i mean just seeing the kids that take animals or even even the kids that don't take animals i mean they're still just excited for the other kids yeah that's a big endeavor that's a lot of volunteer hours a lot of work yeah there's there's a lot of work to go in i mean the the founder and his son and stuff and some of the other guys on their board and stuff like that do great things and there's a lot of other volunteers that just put so much time into helping them out and getting things rolling i mean it takes a lot to put on a a hunt and stuff like that yeah it's i think that's a just an absolutely fantastic charity work to for these kids i I just you get in there you're starting to film you mentioned to me that you really would like to try and do you want to bow hunt an axis yeah, I'd like to bow hunt them access. I'd like to, to go somewhere in Texas or or even Hawaii to go get a free roam axis. That's kind of my lifetime animal. Axis are a great animal for anybody around that's listening that's not familiar. They're a, especially like for the Texas and Hawaii area, they were a deer that is from India. 
they're fast. Uh, they're known for jumping the string with when you're bow hunting them because their natural predator was a tiger. There's a free roam, free ranging population of them in Texas. There's also plenty on the, the different hunting reserves down in Texas. There's also an island in Hawaii, and I don't know if it's Lanai or one of them, but there's only like 3,000 people on the island, and there's about 20,000 deer. So they're actually eating themselves out of house and home. They're so so good at reproducing. It's a conservation story in itself and that these deer have thrived over here. They make a neat mount, and they taste fantastic. So I, I wish you luck on that. They're a lot of fun to hunt. They'll give you your archery skills a, a run for your money. And that, that's what I want. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I really, I really looking, looking into, you know, being able to take a challenge. I mean, anything's a challenge with a bow, you know, there's no such thing as an easy hunt with a bow. No, every, every one is a unique opportunity. It presents something a little bit different. Yeah. You never get that 20 yard sideways shot. Have you taken turkeys with your bow? No, I haven't. I've wanted to try, but this season, after the failures I've had, but they were learning failures. So, I mean, I'd like to try maybe next year, see what we can do. When I was a kid, there really wasn't any turkeys in Michigan, and it was all about pheasant hunting. And then, oh, I don't remember, 20, 20, well, actually, it's longer than that. They started bringing some turkeys in from other states to restock where they had been native to Michigan. And the lady, there's a woman that heads the National Wild Turkey Federation right now, uh, Becky Humphreys. She was a state biologist with the state of Michigan, then went on to run our Department of Natural Resources, and then after retiring from there, went to the National Wild Turkey Federation. And she was very instrumental in introducing turkeys to multiple parts of the state here. I've been turkey hunting once, never saw a turkey. I've seen plenty of turkeys when I'm not turkey hunting or when it's out of season. I'm looking forward to trying my hand at turkey hunting this year. Well, at any of these years, I'd like to take, you know, one of each of the subspecies if I could with my crossbow. That's a goal, but I'm looking to head down to that National Wild Turkey Federation conference, and that's one of my fun things. Do you are are you going to attend the ATA show this year, or is there any shows that you to attend? See, I'd like to attend the ATA show. I don't know where that's at right now in the cards, but I do know I'm probably going to end up at the the big outdoor Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg again this year. Were you there last year? Yeah, I was there last year. I've not been to that show. I have a friend that sets up a booth there from New Mexico for New Mexico hunting and Colorado hunting. All I can imagine, I've been to the Dallas Safari Club show, and that's a huge convention. And so I've got to imagine that Harrisburg one is is like it just two weeks long. What is it, 9, 10, 12 days, something like that? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's a, it takes over the state farm show complex. I mean, it's big. I mean, I, I took two days to do it just so I wasn't rushing through everything. Was that your first time there? No, I've been there in the past, but I w- this is my second year in a row of going. Oh, okay. Is that where you started to see stuff about the Axis deer? No, I've been kind of looking at Axis deer for a while. It just, with how Pennsylvania, they, they do an elk draw. We have elk here, too, but you have to go through a special drawing with their elk. And uh, I've kind of been, I'm getting to the point where 
I'm getting up there in preference points for an elk and I'm kind of been either if I don't draw one in the next couple of years, I'm going to Texas to hunt one or I'm just going to wait and see if I draw an elk tag. Okay. Well, you want to know something crazy about elk in Texas? They're considered an exotic, a non-native species. So $45 license fee for a like a five-day hunt. The only issue is you, you're going to have to pay private land fees, which are just as expensive as going to New Mexico or anything like that. That's pretty cool to know that, but I mean, then you got that same expense and, you know, paying somebody to go hunt on their property, you know, it's just as expensive as paying a guide to go to Colorado or something to go hunt. The thing with Texas is there's really telling you a little bit about the public land hunts. And for anybody listening, Texas does some really great public land, or well, I should say draw hunts. You have to put in for them, but there's really no public land, what you're used to with the big forests and stuff in the east and west coast or east and western parts of the United States. Texas has mostly private land for a lot of the hunting that is for the larger game animals. Texas does it on a draw system, and that's how you get in there. You have to put in for the draw. There's preference points, but it's a really neat system as far as economical if you get drawn. For most of the draws, it's $3, so it's not going to break the bank to put in for it. They don't make you buy a license up front and refund it later on. It's just the 3 bucks. So it's a fairly economical way to put in and start building up some loyalty points towards getting some of these other animals that you might be interested in hunting. And there's just a, a plethora of them. If you go out to the Texas Parks and Wildlife website, you can see it. Michigan has, like Pennsylvania, an, an elk herd. But it's state, it's residency only. You can't be a state hunter and come in and hunt elk in Michigan. Is that what Pennsylvania's like? No, Pennsylvania, you can draw. They set so many. It's all computer-generated random, but basically any anybody from out of state can apply. Oh, wow, okay. That's pretty cool. Kentucky has, a, I guess, a really good elk herd, but it's very hard to get drawn. I don't know if they do preference points. They don't, and that's what makes it hard to draw a tag down there because then it's just completely random. You don't, you know, you don't put into the system so many times. I have, I think I have like 13 preference points or more than that. I mean, I've been putting in since it was, you were able to. Oh, okay. When do you find out the results for that drawing? They draw, they have a big elk convention at been up where the elk herd is. They have this, it's like a weekend-long convention. You know, they have vendors and stuff like that. They have a big visitor center up there and stuff like that. They do the drawing right there. And, I mean, they thousands of people come to see that drawing. That's got to be a, uh interesting sight to watch. Yeah. This is Ed Doherty that I'm speaking to, and he is part of the Unchained Outdoors TV show, which airs on the Gen 7 Outdoor Network, that can be found online. So you can watch any of the shows really on demand, which is really cool, and it's gen7outdoors.com. You can go to the the show notes for this episode, and I'll have links for Gen 7, and they'll take you right to the Unchained Outdoors recordings. So you can watch uh, both Justin, Ed, and any of the other guys doing their hunting. I think you got 10, 12 episodes out there from... So there's some neat things to watch the Nevins hunting friends that we talked about. You guys got so much footage from that. It's into like three shows. Yeah. And then got links where you can go from your website, unchained-outdoors.net. And the one thing you guys, I was talking to Justin a little bit about this. You've got some great sponsors out there. And you and I were talking about Darton. And you had mentioned a little bit about the 30-odd-six 
I think that's a neat looking, I had never heard of that company before and I was messing around on their website. For folks that are into archery, can you tell them a little bit about the 30-odd-6? Uh, 30-odd-6 offers some great value, sights, quivers, archery accessories. They sell targets as far as paper and stuff like that. And then they their sights, they, they make a really nice single pin sight. Uh, also, it comes with a multi-pin head. It's called the Longitude. I use one. Justin used one. I think the whole crew at Unchained Outdoors is going to use them. Very adjustable, very well-made sight, but it's cheaper. It's a, it's not cheaper in sense of quality, but it's it's value for the guy that doesn't want to spend a lot of money to set up his bow. They also offer four pins, five pins in their archery line. They offer stabilizers. They're all customizable with colors as far as that goes. They just make a really nice product for what we do. For somebody but, new into archery like myself... Tell what what would be the advantage, and this might be a really stupid question, which but it'll show why I'm new into archery. What's one of the benefits of, say, using a single pin sight versus like a three or four pin where you'd have them set up for different distances? Well, what I found with this new dart and bow that I'm shooting is I'm only comfortable shooting out to like 40 yards like you. I don't really want to take a farther shot because there's lots of variables in that shot. I mean... There's all these other guys that are like, oh, I practice at a, at 60 yards, 70 yards. That's fine. It makes you better at your shot and stuff like that. But I don't need to take in the woods. There's too many variables at that distance. But with, say, a new somebody new into archery trying to, you know, figure out their what they like, what they don't like, a single pin, you can set that pin in the middle between 20 and 30. You only have a very small difference whether you're shooting at something 20 yards away or you're shooting at something 30 yards away you're not going to have a big difference okay so that makes complete sense so somebody i'm watching a a deer or turkey come in i use my range finder on it and see that it's at 29 yards i know my pin is set at 20 and if it doesn't come any closer there's not a whole lot of maneuvering i have to do to know that i'm going to be fairly spot on to hit it out at that range yeah, and another thing with that single pin, though, with that longitude sight, uh-huh. it has an adjustment. There, The sight actually comes clear back to where your string is at rest, and it actually has an adjustment on it to where if you don't feel comfortable and you're not really that comfortable in shooting a judgment shot with your bow, uh-huh. you can adjust that. Say that, that, deer, that turkey or whatever is at 29 yards, you can make that adjustment without, without, without ever releasing your release off the string. Oh, fantastic. So you you actually have the flexibility to move and adjust, make that adjustment right on the fly, right as you're going. Yeah, you don't have to, like, bring your bow. You can still have your bow, you know, at sand, and you can you don't have to reach around to the front of the site to make your adjustment. Your adjustment's right there, you know, nice and handy. Okay. They have a whole series of sites. They've got a, just a lot of everything from different types of bow and crossbow cases to sites i mean once you click on products there's just a slew of archery items from quivers to arrow rests so it's 30-06 outdoors.com 30-6outdoors.com so they've got quite a few really cool things and another thing they have really nice for the the up-and-coming new archer they sell a kit if you if you don't want to buy you know they sell a, a kit that comes with the site the quiver the rest some string wax and stuff like that 
Oh, yeah, here it is. Like uh, the Savage five-piece bow package and a Sabre five-piece bow package. So you can set yourself up pretty quick. And pretty cheap. Yeah, I'm, I was just looking. I'm going, gosh, if you get the bow, but it doesn't have the accessories on it, like you're not buying a bow package, you're just buying the bow. I mean, you could add a fairly, for a beginner like myself, you could add on a package here for 80 bucks. And their most yep. expensive package is 120 So it's not like you're going to break the bank adding the quiver, the sight. It looks like they've got an arrow rest in there and a stabilizer and the wax. So yeah, yeah they're out of Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. So yeah, hit their website up. There's some really neat, and they, they're not just archery. They've got a, a variety of gun items as well. Targets, accessories. So yeah, they've got all sorts of stuff out there, don't they? Yes. Well, very cool. Well, I, sorry, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent there. Ed, and I just, I've been looking at that website and for anybody that's into archery, there's some really neat items that they have to get yourself going. So I wish you good luck on this upcoming season, especially with the the upcoming Nevins hunting friends and then let, let's hope your daughter knocks a deer down this year with a crossbow that'd be a great accomplishment for her yeah i'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping we you know we just got to put the time in well there you go and the nice thing about the crossbows is it's fairly forgiving she'll be able she'll be able to practice a little bit each day and and be really proficient with it really fast yeah that, that's the nice part about a crossbow is you know, I, I do have her in a compound right now, but that's getting a little more that's a little more to get used to than putting her on a on a table with a crossbow. Yes. And so anybody that goes out and watches the Unchained Outdoors, if they want to get in touch with you, what's an easy way? Are you on Facebook? I'm on Facebook. I just my name, Ed Daugherty on Facebook. Ed Daugherty. Okay, I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Anybody that's listening and wants to go out and connect with Ed and talk about hunting in Pennsylvania and some opportunities, or if you're down in Texas and you've got some cool opportunities on access deer and would like to see Ed down there to see if he can knock one down, contact him and let him know. So, Ed, I really appreciate your time, and, and you have a great day today. You too. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. You take care, my friend. Hey, you too. Thank you. Bye. Come early spring, it's getting green Fisher on the bed and Hear those turkeys gobble It's ringing in my head The winter rides bass boat Here comes another year Yeah, we command the outdoors around here oh, We command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors Come summertime, we're feeling fine Fishing on the lake Flipping jigs in Carolina rigs From early morning till real late Bonfires on the creek bank Kick back a couple beers yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. 
there's doves until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands, the fever starts to creep. Fill our freezers full of ducks, lots of tender deer. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. So grab your guns, shells, boys. Put on your camouflage. Cause we command the outdoors around here We command the outdoors